Time is where everything begins, begins again. Welcome to the Mid the Pines podcast, a place where Grove City College alumni and faculty give voice to their unique stories, contributions, and accomplishments. Our community is blessed with many individuals who are often recognized for their proficiency, purpose, and principles, all celebrated hallmarks of the distinctive Grove City College education. Learn more about their God-given callings and the work they are undertaking for the common good. These are their personal and professional stories. Hello, this is Brian Powell, class of 2003, current Senior Director of Development here at Grove City College, and I'm joined today by alumnus Bill Smith, class of 1969. Bill's one of our most accomplished alumni and is a past recipient of the Jack Kennedy Memorial Alumni Achievement Award. After graduating from Grove City College with a degree in business administration, Bill launched his career with companies like RCA, Computer Systems, Xerox Data Systems, and Rockwell International Corporation, before co-founding Smith Microsoftware Incorporated in 1982. Guided by his visionary leadership and savvy business acumen, Smith Micro developed a reputation as a trusted software solution provider to wireless carriers and cable companies. Throughout the company's 40-year history, Bill has overseen more than 25 strategic acquisitions and has built Smith Micro into a multinational company in the rapidly evolving global telecommunications industry. On September 18, 1995, Bill took the company public, and he has served as chairman of the board ever since. Recently, in 2021, Smith Micro made the largest acquisition in company's history, making it a market leader in delivering mobile family safety software solutions to wireless carriers. Bill lives in Newport Beach, California with his wife, Dieva, and Smith Micro is headquartered right here in Pittsburgh. Bill, welcome to our Mid to Pines podcast. We're grateful for this opportunity to get to know you better today. It's fun to be here. Well, Bill, to start the conversation off, I, I'd love to just have our listeners hear about how you ended up choosing to come to Grove City College in the first place. It's interesting. I, I grew up in uh, Fairfield County, Connecticut, and um, I wanted to go to a smaller school. I didn't want to go to a large state institution. And so I looked at uh, about six different schools. Uh, I took a tour with my dad, uh, and we went to a number of the schools, and I came to Grove City and just fell in love. And you, you came and you studied business. Um, so tell us, uh, tell us about how, you know, what attracted you to, to study business and, and eventually ended up, you know, you started your own company. So tell us about that. I always knew I wanted a role in business you know, as a major part of my life. And so uh, my dad had sold for his entire career. I thought sales was a good place to start. And, you know, I think that's what got me started. I had no idea at the time I was going to found a, a business or anything like that, but I thought it was the foundation that I needed to be successful in a business world. And you came and you had, I'm sure, a number of wonderful faculty. Tell us mm-hmm. about some, uh, I know we've shared, uh, you've shared some of that before with me personally about some of the faculty and some of the, maybe some of the lessons that have stuck with you all these yeah. years. Yeah, I, you know, I took the full load of business courses from salesmanship to marketing to accounting to all everything, you know, the basic skills that you really need to have to be successful in the business world. Uh, but I also took a number of classes in economics. And there was one professor, Dr. Hans Senholz, 
who was the chair of the, of the department. I think it was called a chair in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, uh, he was from Germany. He was a, had a very thick German accent. Uh, and he taught a very conservative approach to the, the economic world. It wasn't all math. It was more about theory. But, you know, to me, it made sense. And I think that some of that foundational approach to the world of business, the world of economics, was probably one of the most valuable assets that I acquired here. When you left Grove City, you started working for some other companies before you started your own. What were those, some of those early days like? Uh, when I left Grove City, uh, I, I went to work for RCA Computer Systems. Uh, I had never seen a computer before in my life. Uh, it wasn't a big part of things in Grove City days here, other than when you entered the chapel, you got given an IBM card to write your student number on. That was about as close as I got. When I, when I graduated, I, I then got this fabulous offer, and they sent me to school to learn how computers worked, how to program computers, how they function, how they were used. The initial school coming uh, out of college was 10 intense weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you never left. You stayed the whole time. Wow. Uh, and it was you worked all day, and then you were in labs using the computer equipment in the evening. So it was a long, long day. Intensive. It was. And I had just gotten married, so that was tough. You had a lot on your plate in those early days, and you were launched into this whole new world, really, in the area of technology and particularly in computer systems. And now, looking back, I mean, we're, you're just celebrating 40 years mm-hmm. uh, since founding Smith Micro. And one of the things, Bill, that's just so impressive is the number of pivots in any business, but in particular in a technology-related business where things are changing very rapidly. And so uh, you've certainly seen highs and lows over your time. Uh, but talk to us about some of the things that you learned as you look back from Grove City that, that have equipped you to kind of navigate the landscape over the last decades. Yeah. yeah, you know, working in the tech world is not for the faint at heart. It does change very fast. Things that you think are bedrock technologies suddenly disappear uh, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, this is a, uh, a chosen path that is not for everybody, and it's not easy. Uh, you know, when I think about what I learned at Grove City, it was really foundational. It gave me the basic skills I needed to get started. I mean, simple things in business like understanding why there's a balance sheet and an income statement, how to read them and what it all meant. Uh, when you approached marketing, what is marketing and exactly how do you do it? What, you know, salesmanship, all these different skills. Uh, we did, uh, there were training in, in the area of human resources as well. And all these kinds of things were really the bedrock you had to have. And it's something that really set me up. Uh, to move forward. And I had no idea when I left school that I'd be founding a company and, and be using all these skills. And in my role at a public company today, trust me, I have to use all of them because I have people working for me that are doing all these different disciplines. If I hadn't had this, I really might not fully appreciate 
what their area is importance is to the overall success of the company. Bill, we talk about a lot here at Grove City, the, a liberal arts education and, and how that really sets you up to be lifelong learners. And I know that's something that when you think about growing uh, the company, but also you personally as a leader, as founder, yes. president, CEO, chairman, talk about that a little bit about how you've grown over these years as well as a leader and as a businessman. You know, we just talked to a class a little, little while ago, and it, it was really a subject of, of that conversation. When you found a business and it's an entrepreneurial venture and you have, it takes a certain skill set. Uh, you have to have a lot of courage, a lot of stick to to be successful. You have to be creative. You have to, you know, have thought through your business plan, you know, fairly well or you won't be successful. But as you move 40 years later and you look back and you say, well, there are skills that I've had to learn during that process that have made it possible for the company to continue to grow and to continue to be successful. And all 40 years weren't success. I mean, there are ups and downs. And the downs can be pretty deep and they can be pretty painful and the ups can be pretty heady. What you have to learn is how to find that middle ground and stay there. You don't want to go up. You don't want to go down. You got to you got to sort of have a foundation, and you have to stick to it. And uh, I think that uh, the education I got at Grove City, you know, really prepared me for that. Bill, you I've heard you share before, and you're a big believer in in one thing in particular that's really a non-negotiable for you yeah. uh, as a leader. Talk to us about what that is. I think the most a uh, valuable asset as a leader starts with your own personal integrity. I don't know how you can lead and be successful if uh, people can't trust you. And uh, so I think that that is by far the most important thing. I think the moral training and ethical training that I received at Grove City helped build that foundation. And I think that is really a basic mandatory requirement to be a successful leader. I want our listeners to understand, Smith Micro builds software for wireless companies, right, and, and works at the forefront of a technology that's impacting all of our lives. I mean, I don't know anybody these days, uh, you know, many kids included, that, that don't have a cell phone on them. Uh, the college's career fair just was uh, just held last week on campus. And I know that you have many graduates working for your company, including uh, several who you've been able to hire during the pandemic. Right. Um, so talk to us about some of the ways that you see Grove City equipping graduates to become valuable contributors, uh, not only in your company, but in this ever-changing world. Well, you know, I, you know I, I have to keep going back to that same basic premise, and that is that Grove City equips their grads with a good moral compass. They know the difference between right and wrong. I think that a lot of institutions can teach technical skills different, uh, you know, mental gymnastics that you need to be able to, to do. But to having that moral foundation is the thing that separates Grove City from so many other schools. And it's a pleasure to hire kids out of Grove City. They, they come in with the right outlook, the right approach. They know they don't know everything, but they're really interested in growing and prospering. 
Well, I've, I've certainly been enjoying uh, getting to uh, look back and, and reflect a bit with you on your time here as a business student. Uh, after uh, just a brief commercial break, uh, we're going to get back into a couple of really pivotal moments in the company and, uh, and also talk about some of your uh, belief and hands-on experience for our students and how that has played itself out as well. The Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Grove City College hosts the Wolverine Venture Battle, which provides an opportunity for all Grove City College students of any major to apply their knowledge by developing a business plan, interviewing customers, prototyping, market testing, and presenting to potential investors to win real money and in-kind services. Play a role in the battle. We are seeking alumni and friends to engage in this opportunity. You can serve on the Wolverine Venture Battle Review Panel for the Proof of Concept round. You can make a gift and serve as an investor for the final round of the battle. You can serve as a team mentor. And or you can make a gift to become a named sponsor or simply support the Wolverine Venture Battle. If you are interested in becoming involved in this year's Wolverine Venture Battle, please contact Professor Yvonne English at yjenglish at gcc.edu. If you are interested in offering financial support, please contact our Office of Advancement at giving at gcc.edu. Welcome back. I'm here with Bill Smith, class of 1969, uh, graduate from Grove City College in Business Administration. And uh, Bill, I, I thought we could spend a few moments just talking about a very important date. Now, this goes back uh, a little ways uh, in your company and your career, uh, but September 18th, 1995, I'm pretty sure that's the date. It was uh, a pretty memorable, I'm guessing, date for you. Uh, talk to us about what it was like to see your company go public as someone who studied business here at Little Grove City College. What was that moment like? Bring us in. It was incredibly exciting. Uh, it was also a little scary because I knew that we were going to have to change a great deal. No longer were we going to be an entrepreneurially driven business. Uh, we would have a board of directors. We would have shareholders. I had a fiduciary responsibility to all of them. And it became uh, a little daunting at first. I know I've, I've talked to many people that are taking their companies public for the first time. And, and it, it's always, they say, well, what should I do? And I say, well, okay, I think you should uh, get a camera, you should have a cake, and take lots of pictures because the next day all things are going to change and you're going to have to grow like crazy. And so, yes, when we went public, uh, it was a big event, uh, but it was just the start of a much bigger event. The publicness provided the financing and the funding that we needed to grow. And it uh, has provided us with a vehicle to raise more capital as needed as the business went through various stages of, of good times and not so good, good times. And, you know, but you have to continually be willing to change and to learn from your experiences and move forward. It's a very heady thing, but you have to try to keep steady with it. It, it is a definite adventure. 
So those pivots uh, that have been throughout and I'm sure around the corner again in the future of whatever's in, in store uh, for the company. But in the early days, uh, you were, I mean, you were, you were work. we're talking about modem technology. Talk to us about like just the full circle of, you know, kind of the early application to where we are now. Well, you know, it actually started a little bit before that with investment software. And we got to modems because that's how you got stock quotes to then populate the portfolio reports and, and set valuations and everything for various portfolios. At that particular part of our business of doing investment so- software never made a whole lot of money, but it opened an avenue and I was approached to build software but for modem manufacturers uh, in the late 80s. And I did that, and we and we developed our first QuickLink products, and uh, it, it, that's when the business just started to explode. And yes, the the beauty to that is it was the avenue to uh, gain a, a lot of customers, big customers, people like IBM and Motorola and U.S. Cellular, U.S. Robotics, uh, and and many others. As a matter of fact, I think. Uh, at our zenith, we built software for almost 60% of the modems built uh, during those those periods around the world. So it was wow. it was very exciting. Uh, unfortunately, as in tech, as I, I said earlier, things change, and we reached a point where modems couldn't go any faster, and so new technology had to be developed. And of course, it was. And that whole business case ended, and we had to then transition uh, to a whole new business case, and that led us to working with wireless carriers and cable companies around the world, and uh, it's part of the adventure. And and now that's kind of bringing us into uh, a really big deal here recently, as uh, as I understand, uh, and if not the largest acquisition in the I think at that time thirty nine year history for the company. As a parent of four children, I have a particular interest in the work that you're doing in this particular arena. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what that entails and uh, and why it's so important because I think it's really meaningful work. I think uh, you know. I'm a little older, so I didn't have to experience this. I look at you and I I marvel. The world of cyber parenting and trying to keep your kids safe uh, when they're surfing the internet, who they're talking to, what kinds of sites they're stumbling upon, uh, what times and how how much of their life is tied to these these connected devices, uh, is, I think, a, a huge challenge for, for parents. So we made an acquisition in uh, Portugal about, I guess, about six, seven years ago, uh, where we bought a company that had built some uh, uh, family safety software. We then uh, named it SafePath, and SafePath is our lead product today. And it was all about trying to keep the kids safe. It really had two sides to it. There was the location side uh, where you could tell where members of the family were at any point in time when they were arriving at home or leaving the office or getting to school and, and all of that. And then there was the parental control side where you could set what kinds of sites you wanted your kids to be able to visit and all that kind of thing. 
since then, we've expanded it further. We, we really kind of focus it now on being the digital family lifestyle. It's a much bigger thought. And that thought really says there can be things like wearable devices, could be a child's watch, could be a very simple one for a very young child. If the child's got a problem or is in trouble, there's a panic button, they hit the button, and everybody in the family knows that the child needs help and where that child is. But it can also go to uh, more sophisticated watches, like for elderly that uh, have the capability to, you know, let you know that grandma or grandpa, we're still breathing, we're, you know, we're still pumping blood, and, uh, you know, all those kinds of things. And, it, you know, as you get a little older, sometimes you become a little bit more forgetful. It can help you, you know, be found if you're lost. And, you know, so that's the, another part. And then, you know, we, we continue to move this paradigm forward. It's really a platform. It's not an app. There's a whole bunch to it. And, you know, as the family ages a little bit and, you know, you get to the 15, 16, 17 age and the kids want to drive the family car or get their own, uh, you know, one of the things parents always worried about was, are my kids driving safely or are they responsible? So part of this software can also give you driver scores for everybody in the family. Now, I, it's funny because I Uh-oh. sit and I talk to parents. Yes. So everybody gets a score. And, you know, you can sit around the, uh, the dinner table and look at each other's scores. And if your score as the parent is lower than your kid's score, I bet you're going to have some questions to answer. So that's the next part. And then, you know, if you're really going to be all involved in the digital lifestyle of a family, you also have to get back into the home. So, you know, parents can set all these rules for, you know, what kinds of sites kids can visit, uh, you know, using their mobile devices. But they get home and they have PCs and Macintoshes and game stations. And you want those same rules to apply there as well. And so we have a home application. It's really software that goes into something called a router. The router is how you will get, you know, your broadband service from your wireless carrier. And that software in that router then makes sure that all the devices in the home that are connected to it follow the same rules. It's really an exciting time. There are more skills. We've, we did a um, test case last year here on campus at Grove City. We had, uh, there were four students that worked on building a prototype of a cyberbullying capability. Uh, this is another fear and worry of, for parents today. Uh, it's still early stage. It's not ready for prime time, but at some point it will be added to the platform as well. So there's so much that can be done. It, it just makes the, the family life a little bit easier in these uh, very connected times that we live in. You could never have imagined 40 years ago that you'd be at this point, you know, doing that, you know, type of business. Uh, it's incredible to think about uh, breathtaking, really, the transformation and acceleration of technology in new directions. Uh, you're a lifelong learner, so I imagine that just keeps you coming back for the challenge, right? It is something that's very exciting. I mean, you have to be willing to learn new things, and uh, I love it. Uh, I love the way 
you know, the, the technology forces you. Uh, if you're going to survive, you've got to do that. And uh, it's a challenge. It's something that, you know, you can get up for uh, every every day. And, you know, e- even at my age, I know there's so many things I don't know, and it's fun to learn more. Bill, I want to uh, go back. We're going to have you elaborate a little bit on uh, Senior Project. But I know that among many things, you are very passionate about hands-on experience, kind of taking that moral compass and that strong sense of character and who you are and um, and then articulating that and carrying that out in real projects. And so you've you've just been a tremendous blessing um, over the, just these last number of years uh, in helping to provide for some of those experiences for our students. So maybe if you could elaborate a little bit more on, on just from your vantage point, uh, how that's been going with our senior capstone uh, design project with computer science students, because I know that that's something uh, over the last you know two years here that uh, is a newer you know collaboration between your team at your company and uh, our seniors in computer science. It's been a lot of fun. We had tried uh, a similar project with a university in California a number of years ago, and it was kind of difficult. Uh, but the way it's been set up here at Grove City really makes it work. First off, it's for the whole senior year, not just one term or some short snippet. The faculty advisors are very much involved in guiding the students here. Uh, we also have on our side you know, a, a group of people that are also equally involved, and there's a constant collaboration between the team working here on campus and and the team within the company. Uh, It allows for us all to really benefit from the different insights that come from the different environments. Sometimes when you're in business, you can lose sight of some of the newer thoughts and newer opportunities. When you're on campus, those are always present. And it just really works well. Yes, this is our second year. Uh, the first year, as I said, we there was a project on cyberbullying. There were four students. We were lucky enough to hire two of those, and they're with us now, uh, and, and they continue to grow that technology. This year, uh, we're uh, investigating and uh, looking at new opportunities for cyber parenting that have been presented by some new ideas that have been opened up by Apple in iOS. And so these, uh, these students will be working on developing some new capabilities here. Not only will they become great iOS programmers, they also will have access to some of the more advanced features that Apple's now presenting to us that we can use. What a tremendous opportunity for students. I know, um, uh, you know, we've talked about that those weren't necessarily opportunities that we availed ourselves of uh, or, or maybe even had those opportunities when we were students, but you're able to provide those for current generations of students and so grateful uh, for, for those. And another um, venue that you've been able to lean in, uh, which has been a lot of fun, has been the Wolverine Venture Battle. Tell us about your experience as, as a judge and just kind of a, a reviewer of ideas. Yeah, I've been working with a group of people for about three years now. The first year, it was a little daunting because the first thing you're confronted with is some of these students are really smart. They're really good, and they have thought through their business cases. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of interact with them. I learn things 
when I'm doing that. There are things I hadn't thought about that they are thinking about. Conversely, I have that that great thing called experience, mm. and so I can bring experiences to bear. Uh, you know, where as they're looking at building their new entrepreneurial venture, uh, I can say, "Well, have you thought about this or that or whatever?" And I think you really ought to because you're probably going to have to experience it at some point. It's just been a wonderful uh, experience for me, and I think it's a great experience for the students. I mean, they they come up with some fairly sophisticated business ideas, and they they actually lay it out into a business plan that makes sense. Uh, in some cases, they even go to how they're going to finance that business plan, and uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. It's 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 fun for everybody. No doubt you are having a very tangible impact on helping to launch these students out and sharing some of that experience and uh, from the ups and downs uh, yeah. uh, throughout your career with them. Uh, thank you again, Bill, for your time today. I mean, you've just an inspiring story, uh, I think, of how uh, you've taken your experiences from Grove City and then eventually launched a technology company that you have successfully led over these last four decades with many pivots and adjustments your company is making uh, a real difference in the world. And we're so thankful for the ways that you brought honor to Grove City College and for joining us today. Thank you. Home is where everything Thank you for listening to the Mid the Pines podcast. Explore more episodes at alumni.gcc.edu slash podcast. Our co-producers are Joni Baumgartner and Amy Evans. Research provided by Janice Zinsner Inman, class of 1987. Our theme music is Home, courtesy of the family of the late David M. Bailey, class of 1988. Contact us at alumni at gcc.edu for more information. We hope you'll join us again, Mid the Pines.